It's as close to time travel as we're gonna get. This week in music history with Marty Miller. Hi there, boys and girls, and welcome and thank you for checking out the podcast. This is where we literally time travel. We jump through a whole week of music history in less than 10 minutes. This time looking at the week of July 10th until 14th, when somebody sold John Lennon's handwritten lyrics and got themselves almost half a million quid in 2008. It was goodbye to a huge, huge Who legend in 2002. That's rather hard to say, actually. A huge Who legend. Actually, no, it's not. And Live Aid memories this week from 1985. This week in music history. A week in less than 10 minutes. We'll start with some Beatles stuff, actually. In 1964, literally thousands of Liverpudlians took to the streets to celebrate the Beatles' return to Liverpool for the northern premiere of the group's first film, A Hard Day's Night. Of course, it was absolutely newsworthy. And here they are, fresh from their triumphant appearances in the United States. 12,000 young Britons roar a welcome. Their shrieks rise in an awesome wave. Our staff scientist, in an odd moment, calculated that this young mob is generating enough energy to put three Atlas missiles in orbit and power 54,000 transistor radios. Forty young ladies fainted, but authorities feel that some were playing possum so that they might be lifted over the fence and thus be nearer their idols. While we're on the subject of the Beatles, in 2008 a drum skin used on the cover of the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper, that big bass drum skin, sold for 541,000 at Christie's. John Lennon's lyrics to Give Peace a Chance, which also sold for huge money, 421 grand, well, they pocketed this lady quite the fortune. He sat on the hotel floor <coughs> with, with this card, a large card, and a black magic, magic marker pen. And I got the original lyrics, uh, which is incredible now. And he asked, he, he would always say, you know, take, you know, you must have this. It's going to be worth something one day. And I didn't think it at the time, but I do now. <laughs> this week in 1969, Space Oddity by David Bowie was released in the UK for the first time. It was timed to coincide with the Apollo moon landings of July 20th, of course, where we'd guess... That's one small step for man, one Meanwhile, in 1981, the specials had their second and final UK number one, the song being Ghost Town. Here are the boys at that time. Well, we live in it. It's just something to sing about. We're surrounded by all, you know, I mean, like unemployment, like in England. I mean, we see it every day. It's all the kids on the streets. But we chose to sing about social problems. Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast. After being a silly boy in Las Vegas, the funeral of Who bassist John Enthwistle took place at a church in the Cotswolds in the United Kingdom. The ox on himself. I guess I'd like to be remembered as uh, someone who helped change the face of bass guitar and being probably the only bass guitarist that uh, 
hasn't been copyable. In 1954, 19-year-old Elvis Presley signed a recording contract with Sun Records. Sam Phillips, owner of Sun Records, originally wanted to use Elvis to make demos of songs that were meant to be for other people. And then he realised he was really onto something special. Sam Phillips always said that Elvis was the guy who could bridge the gap between white and black performers. Imagine saying that and seeing that in 1954 America. In 2008 this week, Rolling Stone Ronnie Wood left his wife of 23 years and moved in with an 18-year-old cocktail waitress. Mind you, Joe says, Joe Wood, his wife, said it was the best thing he ever did for her. It made me grow up and it made me become independent and and pay my own bills and look mm -hmm. after myself, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. I hadn't done any of that ever. Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast. 1985, if you were watching, I'm sure you'll remember this. It's 12 noon in London, 7 a.m. in Philadelphia. And around the world, it's time for Live Aid. The world was watching Live Aid. First ones out on stage in London in Wembley Stadium were status quo. TV pictures beamed to over 1.5 billion in 160 countries. Francis Rossi and status quo, first ones out. On that gig, it wasn't, it wasn't the audience and the band. It, everybody was one. I've never felt that before, never felt it since. Mm. And... Um, and we walked on. I've never seen so many cameras, TV, and never seen before and never seen since. You just cannot imagine. And that's the first moment I realised the gravity of the situation, that, wow, this is serious stuff. But you get on and you do it. Then, of course, you had Phil Collins performing in Wembley, jumping on Concord and performing then in Philadelphia. Here he is with the rest of Led Zeppelin. I'd like to introduce some friends of mine to you. Would you welcome Mr Robert Clark? Somewhat smaller, but a little bit crazy. In 1973, during a gig in Hollywood in California, Phil Everly of the Everlys smashed his guitar and stormed off stage. Don Everly finished the set by himself, announced that the Everly brothers had indeed split. But back when things were a little bit more sane... We do hope you enjoy one called Kathy's Clown. Here he And finally, in 1982 this week, we got Pink Floyd's The Wall, the movie. It premiered in Leicester Square in London. Bob Geldof playing the role of Floyd Pink Pinkerton. The memories. The madness. The music. The movie. And that is a look at This Week in Music History from July 10th until 14th. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. We'll do it again next time. A Week in Music History in less than 10 minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast.